you know, I wanted to talk about this last week, but we didn't get around to it. <sighs> Two things. I shouldn't say last week. I should say uh, Monday or Tuesday when we got back on the air. Trump going to the uh, the black church, which happened last week. And then the thing I wanted to talk about last week, and that's the Never Trump crew. The Never Trump crew. And I wanted to kind of talk about the Glenn Beck's and the Megan McCain's and the Ben Sasses and the Charlie Sykes and the Stuart Stevens and the Anna Navarro's. Now, never have we been in a situation, rather it's the left or the right, where individuals from one's own party have actively gone out of their way, not just attack their nominee. but to actively undermine every aspect of their candidacy. When I listen to Glenn Beck, okay, and I don't listen to him all the time, maybe once or twice a week, I'll catch a half hour, maybe I'll catch... 45 minutes, but he really is unlistenable. I mean, he really is unlistenable. I mean, Glenn Beck is, is unlistenable. There, there's times where what he's saying is mildly entertaining, and it's far and few between. But he's really unlistenable. And the two, I don't even know who they are. They they think they're just all that in a bowl of chips. His little sidekicks. Uh, they really it, it's it's it, it's a three man unlistenable train wreck. But when you hear Beck talk about. I'm sick and tired of people saying that if Trump you loses the election, it's going to be because of me and other never-Trumpers. I wish I had the power. If I had that power, then Ted Cruz would be the nominee. If I had that power, then so-and-so would be the nominee. But it's not about 
the power for one individual to make a difference. The power that collectively creates a narrative that all of these establishment Republicans are against the nominee. And because of that, one would then take from what is going on that the Republican nominee is that bad, is that horrible. And we've never been in a situation where you've had the Charlie Sykeses and the Glenn Becks and the Anna Navarros and all of these GOP people rallying against their own nominee. And one individual, one person, no. It doesn't make a difference. But collectively, as a whole, yeah. Yeah, collectively as a whole. When you have the Ben Sasses, because listen, you can not want Trump. That's fine. But to get on your horse, okay, to, to get on that high horse and say, morally, you can't vote for Trump. It goes against your principles. It's complete nonsense. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The people that spout this off, are the people that are so disgruntled and so butthurt that their guy didn't win. It has nothing to do with principles. It has absolutely nothing to do with principles. It doesn't. It has absolutely nothing to do with principles. It has everything to do with money and being butthurt Because your guy didn't win. So it has everything to do with the fact that Trump didn't spread that money to people like Crystal or Erickson. Remember, all these people have skin in the game as it pertains to money. Rather, they have websites. Rather, they have think tanks rather they have magazines and when Trump doesn't give them money when Trump doesn't play that game they get disgruntled 
when Trump doesn't do what you're supposed to do and hire this, uh, you know, insider speechwriter or that insider pollster or, uh, you know, ad buys for this district and ad buys for that district and just the complete machine. Oh, I got to give Eric Erickson X amount of money for his group. I got to give X amount of money for Bill Crystal so he can run ads in a, in a, a magazine. Like, who reads the magazine anymore? You know where you read magazines when you go to Borders or, or Barnes & Noble, wherever the hell is still around? Barnes & Noble. And you read the magazines that are on the right. You don't buy them. You stand there and you read the magazine. That's all. You read the magazine. Oh, this is great. You read the magazine. That's it. That's it. So Trump didn't do those things. So their butt hurt. Those are butt hurt. Now the Anna Navarros are butt hurt because their guy didn't win. Jeb Bush didn't win. Remember, it was supposed to be Jeb Bush versus Hillary Clinton. Remember that. Supposed to be Jeb Bush versus Hillary Clinton. Oh, on the establishment side, it was Jeb Bush, and on the conservative side the Tea Party grassroots side it was supposed to be Ted Cruz so it was really supposed to be a battle between Ted Cruz and Jeb Bush now you could throw Marco Rubio in there but Marco Rubio and Jeb Bush are one and the same and ultimately it probably was supposed to be Jeb Bush at the top, Marco Rubio as his vice president. Technically, that's what it was supposed to be. But take Marco Rubio out for a second. So it was supposed to be a battle between Bush and Cruz. The establishment versus Tea Party grassroots. And remember Bush's strategy. You got to be willing to lose the primary to win the general. So the Bush strategy was to have 100 or $150 million and basically financially swamp everybody that he ran against. And ultimately, everybody would drop out because they would run out of cash. Trump comes in 
And he Fs up the establishment's game plan. And he Fs up the grassroots game plan. So people like Mark Levin, who now is on the Trump train, begrudgingly, but he's on the Trump train. Because like I said before, you have two choices. That's it. You might not like the two choices, but that's all you have. That is all you have. There's not three. There's not four. Gary Johnson is not a choice. Jill Stein is not a choice. The conservative, whoever that guy, I don't even know what that other guy is. I think the only person that's had him on the air was Glenn Beck. Exactly. But there's no other choice. And what kind of Republican, what, what, what kind of just not Democrat are you if you say, you know what, I, I hate Trump so much, I'm going to vote for Hillary. I mean, that's insane. It's absolutely insane. And it has no rational basis except for the fact that Trump either beat your guy or beat your pocketbook. Because just like years ago, Democrats loved Trump. He wasn't a bigot. He wasn't a racist. Hell, Jesse Jackson talked glowingly about Donald Trump before. Remember what we said the other day. If somebody is a racist, if somebody is a bigot, and there's somebody that's been in the public eye, for 10, 20, 30 years, it would have already come out. Okay? That stuff doesn't stay hidden. Look at marginal celebrities. Look at people like Paula Dean. Eventually, parties where you have black people dressed up as slaves... That eventually comes out. So, for 30 years, never once did you hear Donald Trump being racist. We're not talking about off-color jokes. We're, we're, you know, just like the majority of the sexist, misogynist stuff that you hear that the left goes, Trump is this. It's all part of an act. The majority of the footage that they play to prove their is Howard Stern interviews. Howard Stern. 
Howard Stern. The whole premise of Howard Stern. I talk about the new Howard Stern. The Howard Stern that's 60 years old that looks like an aging woman with the uh, 20-year-old girl. Not that Howard Stern, but the Howard Stern. The whole premise of his show. Sex jokes, fart jokes, puke jokes, racial humor. That was, that, that, that was Howard Stern. That's why he had a black sidekick. That's why he still has a black sidekick. That's why he always would say he's a half-Jew. So when your ammunition is sound bites from the Howard Stern show from 2000, and he's like, so what is, what is Melania hat? What is she wearing right now? Is she in bed? What does she look like? Oh yeah, I mean, really? That and that's, <laughs> you know, that that's that's your fodder. So, all the Democrats were fine with racist Trump when he was giving them money. Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton were fine with racist Trump when they were at his wedding. Bill Clinton was fine with racist Trump when he was golfing on his golf courses. Rand Paul was fine with racist Trump when he was golfing with him. Even Eric Erickson at one point was fine with racist, unprincipled, non-conservative Trump when he was uh, throwing money at that um, conservative... I don't know, Catalina wine mixer. (laughs) Whatever they called that yearly thing. I call it the conservative Catalina wine mixer. So all these people were fine. Even Ben Shapiro. Okay, that little scumbag. That little scumbag, Ben Shapiro. Of course, stepbrothers. That little scumbag, Ben Shapiro. At one point, Ben Shapiro liked Trump. Ah, Trump. Trump. But what happens is when all these people hit up Trump and they're like holding their hands out and Trump's like, hey, yeah. And he he gives them like a, a slap. Like, hey, yeah, hey, high five. And they're like, no, 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 no. I'm not looking for a clap. I'm not looking. I was just, can you throw, you know, what do you want me to throw you? <laughs> what do you want me to, No, I don't want skin. I want I want green. Oh, I'm not giving you green. Oh, really? Okay. And then the next day, Donald Trump is an a-hole. He's not a conservative. He's not a principled conservative. I can't vote for him. I can't vote for Donald Trump. He's not a principled conservative. So I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> what? So we, we've never had this before. So, yeah. Yeah. When you hear people, rather it's Sean Hannity or other ones say, if Donald Trump loses, it's going to be because of people like Glenn Beck, 
and the rest of the so-called conservatives that get paid to go on CNN panels and talk down Farage, their own nominee. That's the best part. All of these pundits, these, these, these you know, uh, uh, Navarros and Stevens, all these guys, Rick Wilson, all these guys that worked in Republican politics for years and, and were paid by Romneys and other individuals. And these same people rallied against liberals and rallied against the things CNN and MSNBC have done. And now they're being paid by these very same people to betray, to betray their own party. That's insane. It's insane. You want to talk about whores. Seriously, you want to talk about whores. You want to talk about doing things for the almighty shekel. Man. So, yeah. When you hear people go, Trump can't win unless he gets at least 95% of the Republican electorate to vote for him. And right now he's only at 82%. Well, yeah. Because the other 15% is being told, if you vote for Donald Trump, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a scumbag. And they're being told by Republicans. They're being told by people like Ben Sass. That's just, it's just insane. It's insane. It really is. And like I said before, yeah, Glenn Beck doesn't have tens of millions of listeners, but even if Glenn Beck, let's say Glenn Beck has a half a million followers. Let's say Glenn Beck has a half a million followers. Okay? He has a half a million followers. I, I, uh, that, fascinating to me, but he has a half a million followers. And they do whatever Glenn Beck says. They they want to they want to lick his Cheeto face. They 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 want to lick his tears. They want to go and take a tour of his little museum of artifacts. Wh- whatever weirdo Glenn Beck fans want to do. If a half a million of them go, all right, Glenn. We will not vote for Donald Trump. All right, Glenn. Yes, you are our idol. That's a lot of votes that don't go to Trump. Because Glenn Beck is a crybaby bitch. Because when they had a Tea Party rally... Glenn Beck wasn't allowed to speak for more than a minute. And he was disrespected. 
And Donald Trump was mean to him. Another person that's like a keyboard warrior. Another person, I'm going to get back at him. So if you have 500,000 Glenn Beckites, okay, and maybe you add that to 200,000 Charlie Psychites, just these people that have no mind, no thought process, And they're like, okay, Glenn. All right, I just, I just, I just paid five hundred dollars to tour your stupid museum. You don't want me to vote for Trump? I won't vote for Trump. Glenn back a half a million, maybe Charlie Sykes two hundred thousand. Dana Ladouche, a hundred thousand. I mean, just, just go down the list and just add them up. 50,000 here, 100,000 there. Before you a million, two million. And when you're talking about an election that's decided by three and four million, two million votes, two and a half million votes is a big deal. That costs elections. Imagine all the Bernie supporters. Seriously, imagine all the Bernie supporters, all the Hollywood celebrities that were on the Bernie train. Look at Sarah Silverman. She was just a hardcore Bernie, 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 Bernie. And after it was all over, she went, uh, hey, uh, Bernie supporters. I was a Bernie supporter. Uh, it's time to grow up. We have to go to Hillary now. There, end of story. That's the one thing that could be said about Democrats, man. They stick together. Because you can't be more opposite than Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. I mean, everything about them. Put aside the whole uh, Jewish old man Larry David thing. Put that aside. But everything about what they stood for and what they believed and how they came to power as far as the Senate and how they were raised, just just every aspect of them could not be more different. Their voters, their people, their support, everything about them and their supporters different. And yet, at the end of the day, the Bernie crowd, not all of them, but the majority of them went to Hillary, and the ones that didn't are not rallying on talk shows and not rallying on the radio saying, F Hillary, F Hillary, F Hillary. You have people like Sarah Silverman going, I was a Bernie Sanders supporter through and through. And now I'm for Hillary. Hell, nobody's more liberal and more of a Hollywood douchebag than Bill Maher. He was a Bernie fan. Bernie, 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 Bernie. Now he's Hillary, 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 Hillary. 
He doesn't like Hillary, but he goes, can't have Trump. He has the exact same philosophy and the exact same thought process that us Republicans are supposed to have. If you don't like Trump, you're supposed to say, I don't like Trump. He does things that I wouldn't do. He does things that ideally I don't want my president to do. But he's not Hillary. And I'd rather vote and elect a piece of coal than Hillary Clinton. Thus, Republicans, we don't do that. You have people like Glenn Beck, whose feelings are so hurt, and Eric Erickson, whose feelings are so hurt, and Charlie Sykes, whose feelings are so hurt, and Ben Sass has nothing to do with principle, has nothing to do with being a true conservative, has nothing to do with any of that. Has to do with their guy losing, has to do with money being drawn out of their pockets. The fact that Trump is not a politician and he beat all of their asses, their guy's asses, he beat them. He's an outsider that's not part of their club. He wasn't invited. And he just kicked in the doors and said, here I am. And he did something that they have all talked about as being the hardest thing in the world. And the most important thing in the world. And here this businessman slash TV star slash movie actor slash beauty pageant owner came in and said, I can do what you guys do. And he's been more successful than a combined experience of 500 years of public service. So that's the one thing Democrats have that we don't have, and that's unity. And we will never have it. Trust me, we will never have it. Because whatever happens after this election, we, on this side, will never forget what the Glenn Becks and the Ben Sasses and the Eric Erickson's did. And as the elections coming forth, and they have their own candidates, we will bury them. We will do to them what they did to us. 